everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of the CX, the CX podcast, R&R, &R, with my good self, Richard Knight, and... And my good self, Ryan Huxtable, and we're delighted to be here with episode 71 this week because we've got a special guest, Richard, haven't we? We have indeed, yes, yes. Tony Day from Adstral Fulfillment, based up in Swindon. Let's see what Tony had to say. Yes, I'm Tony Day. I'm CEO of Abstral Fulfillment in uh, Swindon. Uh, we started off in 2010, uh, small company. Um, my own background was working for large corporates, and uh, I happened to be at the time consulting with a, a quite a large company uh, in Swindon with a large warehouse, which uh, found itself uh, empty. Um, the, the business itself moved on to other things, and. Uh, for me, it was uh, it was a bit of a challenge what to do next, and um, here was a big empty warehouse in a, a great logistical centre of the UK, and uh, fulfilment was something which uh, wasn't initially on my mind for previous years, but suddenly came to the fore um, with the opportunity to say of having a warehouse and, and great distribution facilities. So, uh, up started Astral fulfilment. Um, we tend to focus on fast moving small products uh, for mm -hmm. consumers. We, um, we, we don't encourage uh, large, chunky uh, items in our warehouse. We have had them over the years, uh, motorbikes and uh, furniture and beds, but um, they, they tend to be slower moving than mm -hmm. the products that we handle. Yeah. Um, so fast forward now, we've got links to pretty well every uh, uh, shopping channel and shopping um, platform, eBay, Amazon, as well as the, uh, the um, traditional ones like Magento and Shopify and WooCommerce. Uh, that many online sellers would know about. Um, our primary objective is to uh, uh, make sure at the end of the day, we satisfy all of our clients' objectives um, because it's with their growth that, uh, that we will uh, achieve our success. And so I suppose that's that's the, uh, the interesting point for our listeners today, because a lot of the time we're speaking to businesses who have direct clients and that's it, they're, they're, that's the end of it, as it were. How does that work for, from a customer experience point of view and fulfilling the requirements of your clients' needs who are clearly impacted by their customers' needs as well? There's almost there's two, two phases, isn't there, uh, in, in doing that? Does, how do you go about doing that? Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we, are, um, we are dependent on our own clients uh, having confidence in us to... Um, to continue to do business with them we don't tie them in with long-term contracts and threats of uh, stopping to do business uh, we have to perform to initially to what our clients uh, demands are and they make the assessment as to whether we have their business and continue to um, but part of our uh, remit is to make sure that um, that part of the delivery chain um, is uh, and the experience that our clients customers have um, is, 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 is as good as it could possibly be uh, when it comes to logistics, picking, packing, and of course delivery. Um, so we, we, I mean, it's a very good point because um, I guess uh, when we look at um, our customers, you tend to think of people who who directly have a transaction with you, and you know um, they pay your bill and so on and so forth. With us, every single one of the packages that uh, that comes through our doors and back out again uh, will be um, for a for a consumer. Um, and it, it might well be there are retailers and wholesalers in amongst our, 
uh, base as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but the majority by far are consumers. And, and it's um, understanding their reaction, I guess, to, to when the product arrives. Mm -hmm. We are very conscious that most people started their businesses or e-commerce businesses, if you like, their online businesses, not with the intention of becoming uh, great at logistics and packing boxes, uh, more about their product, their marketing, their customer base, uh, and they're passionate about that. And as long as that's in-house, the packing, packing and shipping is part of your culture, part of your process. Mm -hmm. um, when you get so big that you need to outsource that, of course, you lose direct control of that. And you need to be able to trust a third party that thinks like you can mm -hmm. adapt the way you want them to do business. And we have to be conscious of that all the time. Um, and about you, Rich, but it, it, most of my purchases are, are online mm -hmm. um, nowadays. I tend to spend more time buying online than I do in stores nowadays. Um, and if I want something, um, I want it as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And I still have that uh, bit of excitement that you don't get when you pick up something in a store. But when the package arrives, it's, wow, you know, that's, you want to mm -hmm. unpack it, you want to make sure it's the right product, you have an impression of, of the of the of how it's delivered, what it's delivered in, whether the packaging on the outside has got dented corners. And of course, ultimately, the product inside has to be exactly what you ordered, the right color, the right size, the right quantities. Uh, and they're the things that we tend to focus on, mm -hmm. um, is, is, is making sure that um, we, we do what we say we do. We do it accurately, and we always do it on time. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. we're always thinking, uh, um, and it's not just something which Tony Day thinks about it. it's something which we've engendered throughout our small business. We we have lots of temps coming in and out at seasonal peaks, and and we okay. we we motivate them and and uh, measure their performance, I guess, um, by, uh, by by levels of accuracy and speed. Our processes are key, mm -hmm. but we have to retain a level of flexibility to be able to adapt to any sudden change in customers' requirements as well. Okay, and uh, it's really interesting. You mentioned, you know, the, um, the 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 way that package looks and that sort of feeling that people get, which is which is a, which clearly a key thing. And it's really good to hear, um, and I'm sure our listeners recognise this around even something as practical as delivering a parcel has a, a, a significant impact in terms of the feelings the emotions connected to it and that as we say many times on our on our podcast is something that impacts how long customers will stay around how many other people they'll tell tell about your organization so it's a really critical part to get that done and ensuring all of your team even your seasonal workers understand the significance of that really does sort of set organizations aside and it sounds like you're focusing on that in terms of the packages themselves, because they're coming from different clients, do you? How do you ensure that everything is packed in the right way for the different companies? So, Company X wants the I don't know the the this the different type of uh, packaging used, or wants a note in it, or and can you do that? Or how how do you do that for for your for your clients? Yes, we can do. We can do some amount of personalization, mm -hmm. um, and um, it's it's quite difficult to um, to combine uh, the guaranteed speed and efficiency of getting all mm -hmm. orders received by five pm yeah. out the same day, which is what mm -hmm. we do at Adstrop. However, if suddenly we had um, two thousand orders, all of which required a handwritten um, <laughs> "Happy Birthday, Jane" note, yeah. 
that would clearly cause us some challenges. So, so we, we, we don't promise to do that. Uh, at least that's not the business that we're in. Yeah. But we do from time to time have um, uh, handwritten notes required. Thankfully, they don't uh, get in the way of, uh, of shipping on time mm -hmm. and they're few enough to be able to accommodate. Um, but, but it is very much, you know, that's the experience uh, that the end customer is going to have. Um, we do have provision on our dispatch notes to include gift note messages when okay. people buy a product online. Mm -hmm. uh, they, may, they may complete a field which is, uh, is a gift message, yeah. which we will be familiar with. And that in turn is printed on our dispatch notes. But there are occasions where we, we do hand, uh, hand write. Um, I think the most extreme products in terms of bespoke packaging, which isn't necessarily handwritten, um, has been, um, I mean, last year, for example, we had uh, a series of rather large books, encyclopedia-style books. Um, and we thought, yes, well, we can handle those. They'll be in and out. And, but um, the, um, the uh, founder and uh, person who, and the author, uh, who is also uh, leading up the kind of commercial charge, so we'd like to add some value to, to their customers' experience. So we had perfumed stones in a lovely velvet bag um, put into a box with the encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. uh, that, was in, uh, that was kind of like gift wrap then with ribbons and all sorts. It's probably quite extreme when you think this is just a book. Um, but that's the difference that people realize uh, can be made by uh, the, the opening experience. Uh, when somebody's paid a lot for essentially, um, which is just a book, uh, it kind of rather justifies and enhances people's opinion uh, of the company they purchased from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's that's always, that's an interesting one, isn't it? The, the, the feedback that you get knowing that you're doing a great job for your clients is those clients getting great feedback from their customers as well. And do you, do you get to hear much about that or, or how do you, are you able to track your, your performance for your, for your clients? Yeah, good point. And that's important. We do um, get feedback. Sometimes we ask for it um, mm -hmm. and um, we don't put people in a position where they feel obliged to mm -hmm. write something nice about us. Um, so you're right. It's lovely. Um, we had this week, for example, um, a nice email which has circulated to pretty well all staff and we tend to share these these, these great remarks right. that people make mm -hmm. um, and um, it's and of course people don't have to say thank you for the service that we have that, that we provide um, so when they do when it does come back it normally comes back from a fairly senior level um, who thinks that that level of service has made a difference and they feel strongly enough to be able to um, write to me or, or part of my management team uh, or their direct uh, account manager just to say thank you uh, mm -hmm. and that is it's still magical you know it's still great to hear somebody's taking the time to say thank you for a service which they should expect at the end of the day mm, yeah absolutely yeah and that's and that's the really interesting thing isn't it when everything is okay and going swimmingly generally you don't hear much it's when the problems start coming in that then people are getting a lot more vocal. So that, that was quite, quite interesting. In, in terms of how you go about fixing issues that may occur, and of course, things are always going to happen, but you're trying to you know, avoid them as much as you possibly can. Your clients start contacting you directly or do you check with them just to make sure all the orders are going in? How does that work for you? Yeah, so we have various metrics uh, on the go all day long, uh, monitors, um, 
I mentioned, you know, to do what we do effectively, we have to have stringent processes mm -hmm. um, to be performed at a minimum standard. Um, that alone isn't enough. There has to be, um, obviously, uh, uh, provision for the anomalies that come mm -hmm. through. And, yeah. um, and we've got to make sure that we're not spending more time working on anomalies or, or bespoke work which puts other clients at risk in terms yeah. of um, the standard process. Yeah. Um, but there's always provision for to do something differently. Um, in terms of the, um, the way we monitor, you can imagine we're constantly getting orders from websites. Um, as soon as an order is placed and paid for, um, it will come through via the API to our systems. Okay. And uh, they're monitored um, mm -hmm. frequently throughout the day to make sure that um, they are printed, picked, packed, and posted. Um, and uh, throughout the day, we, we don't wait till the end of the day to say, well, how come we've got all these left over? Okay. <laughs> um, it, it's a constant uh, factor that we need right. to monitor. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned, um, I remember the uh, the idea of people saying thank you, um, working in a, as a, with a corporate and the poor old payroll department, because think about it, they never get thank yous. <laughs> Yeah. They got complaints uh, when <laughs> yeah. things go wrong. Yeah, and and um, it's kind of the I'm, I'm very conscious about that, not just from our customers, but because of the way that we communicate with our own team, mm -hmm. um, we don't want to go to the extent that we're patronising or, or overdoing our thanks and appreciation. Um, but it does make a difference, I think, when from the senior management downwards, there's an acknowledgement of everything we do right. Um, right. Clearly, if things do go wrong, there has to be a similar acknowledgement that there's um, that we need to get to the root cause mm -hmm. uh, and ensure there's no repetition. Normally, yeah. if something does go wrong, it's it's a simple fix, mm -hmm. uh, and but it's one that we we must do. And that's why I personally get to see pretty well every complaint. Um, yeah. That comes in. Yeah, yeah. No, so the way the way to go, I think that's it. That that recognition of you're doing a good job positive reinforcement makes a, a huge difference because oftentimes it's it's the stick uh that, that's brought out within organizations when when things aren't going right so therefore people aren't putting themselves in a position where they're taking um, a little bit of risk where they're being innovative then they're, they're trying to you know make things better because of that that fear of well we're going to get you know, we're going to get the stick if we if, if it does go wrong. So let's not even think about it. So initiative, uh, initiative and change and forward thinking side of things for any business is really important. And from your side of things, you mentioned the tech piece earlier on or the software and the development, that side of things. Everything is changing so rapidly within any organization and customers expectations also change because of the speed of fulfillment, because the fact that for me, like you, I will shop online. I don't want to go and have to stand in places where there's loads of people and it's just far too stressful, whereas I can sit down and see things very, very quickly. So from your point of view, um, what's next? Is the AI side of things going to make a big difference for you? Uh, or is that still further down the line? How, how are you seeing things changing over the next few years? Uh, that's interesting. I mean, we, we, we are looking at, AI, for example, to see, I mean, on, on our agency, as we, we, we can recognize blogs written by uh, GPT, for example. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the uh, the physical nature of us handling products, uh, um, I, I think that will, uh, automation might have a, 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 a big um, 
impact on, on, on particular changes. Um, data transfers and data handling, for example, um, the transfer of data for international shipments, which is um, all automatic now. And those kind of things will always be important to us and can always improve, um, both in terms of um, speed uh, mm -hmm. and, um, and and the amount of information that's, that's transferred. The actual um, result of what is an ever-changing and uh, evolving situation regarding to AI, it's difficult to see how, how that is directly going to impact on, on mm -hmm. ourselves. Um, yeah. Fundamentally, as I say, we store products, uh, we pick, pack, and ship, mm -hmm. um, and we measure our performance. Um, in terms of how we promote ourselves and, and in terms of how our clients uh, are promoting themselves um, using these tools that are available, no doubt that that will change. Mm -hmm. um, interesting to see how, um, how, how it does impact. Uh, but the logistics aspect of it all is, uh, is pretty well, you know, yeah. Hard coded, yeah. Um, and unless it changes with courier activity, yeah. Um, and there's always the infamous uh, model of uh, Amazon sending their drones through the sky yeah. and uh, yeah. dropping packages into the garden. Um, <laughs> I've yet to see that, except for on their videos of, of yeah. many years ago. Yeah, we have to see how it goes. I mean, that you know, the the you've mentioned the delight of opening a package, something coming to the door, et cetera, et cetera. There's you know, again, a different level of expectation, and I'm sure it, things will change quite rapidly over the next few years uh, in terms of the the AI assistance for a number of organisations themselves. Um, it sounds like people are still fundamental to delivering a great experience for your clients. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Um, it's the people that, 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 that make a difference uh, here at Adstral. Um, how we relate to our um, our clients, it's not just an account manager or the or the mm -hmm. CEO or whatever that, that manages that relationship. It's every one of us. And we're fortunate to have people who are able to come and visit us. Um, our mm -hmm. international clients uh, find it a lot more difficult, but when people are in the area, um, they come and see us. Um, they get to certainly meet and say hello to pretty well everybody that's here. Um, they always greet you with a smile on their face, and it's not a it's not a kind of a demanded one. It's a, it's a natural one. Um, they get a great feel, and and I, I dare say this is the world that we occupy with third party logistics fulfillment. Um, it's no good just just basically parking people into in an area and say there we go that's the job you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, as I say, it's this concept that um, you're helping to grow our brand, you're helping to uh, um, to enhance somebody's experience when they receive this, and uh, it's not as corny as it might sound. It genuinely is uh, both a motivator for for my staff and for our people here, mm -hmm. um, but also um, a measurement of uh, um, I guess the success uh, yeah. when when people will will buy uh, again. Yeah. Many of our clients have got not just repeat customers, but they've got communities, uh, yeah. particularly uh, um, beauty and cosmetics. Um, mm -hmm. They have distinct products. Um, they're very active on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Mm -hmm. They've got a great following, um, and you know they they put a lot into managing their customer base, and um, they share that with us and. Uh, Again, this is where we need to to think the same. We are we are managing that um, the experience of that community as well, yeah. particularly so. Um, you can imagine during pandemic period, mm. um, where every gift um, 
or rather every product that arrived was almost treated as a gift, mm. uh, like Christmas. Um, and you could see, coupled with uh, reviews on YouTube and unboxing and first impressions, yeah. um, it really does make a difference um, when, mm -hmm. when people are buying online. Yeah. Um, they're pleased when their product arrives. It's almost a little bit of excitement of the day, particularly going back to pandemic uh, times. And um, that, uh, that level of experience starts with, uh, um, with the package arriving. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't have direct um, uh, control over the, the, the final delivery. Mm -hmm. um, much of that is dependent on the, the person that's actually getting out of their vehicle yeah. and, and yeah. delivering it to the door. Yeah. Um, and as we know, they individually can influence people's opinion of their own company. Yeah. Regardless of the culture of the company, it only takes one individual to damage that reputation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really uh, great to hear about how, you know, that package fits into this bigger journey that occurs um, and it's very similar to a lot of organizations we all do something that adds in to make a bigger whole that makes uh, for for a better experience across the board so um, thank you very much tony for sharing your insight into adstral fulfillment just before we go though is there any uh, any other ways or the, what's the best ways for people to contact adstral fulfillment if they've got some requirements from you uh, indeed. I mean, we have we have our website, um, adstralfulfillment.co.uk. Um, we've also got adstral.com, which actually, which is um, is a redirect to to that one. So, um, and of course, I mean, we are our objective is is to talk to people when we mm -hmm. when when they when we advertise online when we email. Um, of course, we have a form to fill in on the website. But the magic really starts when we are able to talk to people and. Uh, we want to get to know them, their products, their challenges. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time once again. Um, have a great it's a pleasure. And speak to you soon, no doubt. So there is Tony Day from Adstral Fulfillment giving us his thoughts on the customer experience and the focus and the strategy they, they have. So it's great to hear from Tony in, a, in an industry that... Um, we almost just expect to happen, don't we? Logistics, yeah, well, of course, it's going to arrive. But blimey, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, isn't there, from a practical point of view? But then you've got to think about customers and clients and all that stuff on top. What did well, you think? It's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a great point you make there, actually, because with logistics, you just, as you say, expect it to happen. You just expect your whatever you've ordered, your, you know, your food, your uh, your parcels, just to, to rock up when they say they're doing. And actually, if you think about, um, you think about organizations like Amazon or uh, or, or, or many others that uh, deliver lots of parcels, um, you know, even down to the nth degree, you can see where your parcel is, you can see whether it's been dispatched, you can see where it is at any point during the journey. And um, it's quite process, isn't it? It's quite transactional it's not overly engaging is it and then yeah. i think a lot of the time where logistic companies if we're talking you know particularly about parcel companies man, i think a lot of the time where it falls over in that journey is actually when it gets to you because if you're not in and they leave it on your front doorstep and it gets pinched or wet or whatever you know that can completely damage the whole 
all the hard work that that business has done to get you get that parcel to the door. So yeah, the fact that Tony talks about the importance of getting that process right, but also what struck me, Rich, from listening to him was um, how he is really engaging with his team to engage with customers on a human level. It's amazing, isn't it? It's a passion. It, it clearly comes through in what people do, you know, and obviously we all do different stuff and we see things in different ways. But if you've got that passion and desire to do something the very best you can so that your customers uh, and their customers are happy at the end of the day, that's that's a key part of the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, when we think about what Tony does, you know, he talks about picking and packing. You know, it's a very simplistic thing, but if it isn't done right and in that parcel is an incorrect order, yeah. there's nothing worse than that part, particularly when you've ordered something. Oh, great. It's arriving. And they open it up, as he, as he mentioned, and ugh, they got it wrong. So although Tony's part of a process and his clients have got their customers and they've got a process and a flow, and then even after Tony's done his bit at Adstral Fulfillment, they've then got the, the, the delivery company to do their bit as well. So there's multiple parts of this journey that, in fact, have got multiple companies involved. And actually, from listening to Tony, if everybody could have that real passion and focus on delivering the best they possibly can for their bit, then that whole journey would be absolutely incredible. You know, I think, you... I, think yeah, I know you, you do on fire today, which you've raised another really good point. Um, so I've got to have a lie down in a minute, don't worry. Yeah, blimey. Um, when you've got multiple stakeholders as part of a, as part of a client journey, mm. um, that can often be the recipe for a customer experience disaster mm. for all the reasons you've just mentioned. And it's interesting, actually, I, I um, with, a, with a couple of my clients a couple of weeks ago, ran a, a lunch for architects and building suppliers, and we discussed the opportunity for architects, builders, building suppliers to work much more hand in glove mm. with the end client in mind. So not, you know, and, and you know, of course, not all architects do this. Some, some are very client focused, but, you know, some architects have been, you know, draw you know draw create a beautiful house you know give the client the drawing not necessarily worried about the fact that of the cost of the materials that they've mm. to the builder to use builder comes mm. along builder then says well you know your budget won't cover this the builder hasn't had that conversation with the, the architect yeah um, and then you know the building suppliers aren't communicating with the builder around cost increases um so you know you can see how this whole thing fits together and, and much like tony's described there in his logistic journey um, where you've got those multiple stakeholders, unless mm -hmm. everyone is aligned with the end client in mind, yeah, it 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 can it's got or yeah, it it can go wrong time and time, time. times, and 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 it comes down to that again. It, there is that passion for things, and it, it's down to that point of um, those parts of that journey who say it's not my problem. We've done our bit. That's not my problem. Now, to a certain degree, there are certain things you cannot influence, and we get that. However, in customer experience, there are ways in which you can keep people closer to you and aligned with where you're trying to get to as well. It's asking for feedback from those people who are involved in the journey as well, you know, uh, finding out where their issues might be, having a conversation with them and, and you know, and talking about how we can streamline things, how we can bring things together, you know, and all that does is, I say all it does, the amazing thing with that, it does, it strengthens those relationships. 
So actually, the end user, the person right at the end of that journey is actually going to get a far better experience, which means every single firm, every single person involved in that journey is going to have a better experience. They're going to want to do that again and again. And once again, the client will get a good experience. So it's that whole that whole piece of going outside of your little sphere of influence and saying, actually, do you know what? I am going to look outside it. It is my problem. Yeah. Because ultimately that impacts the way the end user gets that experience. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So. The other thing that struck me was was how, you know, after so many years in the industry, how um how resilient Tony is to to keep him what you know, keep him to want to be you know, his, his team the best they can be. And I mm -hmm. uh, you know, that came across a lot actually listening to him in terms of his passion and his enthusiasm. So no great call and, and just proves, doesn't it, that no matter what industry you're in, where there's clients and customers, there will be opinions and views on how you look after them. Uh, actually interesting your point there, you know, keeping going and wanting to do the best, etc. You know, Tony clearly providing great service for for his clients, but we also he also asked us to just to check that for him, to do that mystery inquiry to ask about something. And actually the experience that we, our researchers um, experienced, strangely enough, within that interaction was fantastic because there was somebody on the end of the telephone. There was somebody clearly wanted to make a difference. Now, obviously that was just an inquiry and it didn't go down a full journey of the whole thing. But the way that uh, the, the employees within the organization left our researcher feeling was, I haven't used them, but if I was going to use, I'm going to tell other people that they should use this firm. And that's a critical part. So top tip again for listeners out there, you know, even if you know you're doing a good job because you're gathering feedback, are you checking? Are you checking on a regular occasion to make sure that everything is still in, in place? Because every now and again, certain things can fall down. So it's uh, even when you're doing, doing a great job, make sure that you're keeping an eye on it to make sure that consistency keeps going. And of course, the, the, the flip side of that is is that if you if you don't regularly check in or listen, and again, it was a conversation I was having with a couple of clients last week. Assumptions creep in, yeah, and hearsay creeps in, and then you start making decisions in isolation of the of the of the real uh, data outputs that can really help you make great decisions. And you know, I I talk a lot to small businesses, as I know you do, Rich, big businesses. It's the same. It doesn't really matter where, you know, what, what size business you are. You don't have to have big CX programs in place. You know, as long as you are regularly asking for independent feedback, you know, looking at TripAdvisor, looking at your uh, Google reviews, looking at, you know, whatever else you've got in place, mm -hmm. making sure that you are picking up those key trends and, and then and then talking to your clients and, and, and seeking to understand further why they've answered as they have. You know, all of this stuff, can sound a bit of a chore, but you know it's like everything. If you build it into your working week, or you engage one of your team to help, it makes such a difference. Absolutely, I think it's a great it's a great point for us to uh, for to leave everybody on today. That you know, listening, keeping that going is a critical part of a great CX strategy because you're basing it on fact. You're basing it on those those um, subjective uh, sorry objective views. Um, that are out there you know so uh we're not we're not making we're not assuming because of course assuming ryan what does assume uh, assumption do makes an ass out of you and oh me definitely yeah. well wow what a what a way to end a podcast what a way what a, what way. a way <laughs> so 
episode 71 done and dusted thank you for listening to our warblings and um uh, yeah good, goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me uh we'll see you next time <laughs>